Good morning, folks. I have with me Carl Yucatel and Eric Shaw with me from Docks and Harbors. Good morning, you two. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having us, as always. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. And good morning, Eric. Good morning. Everything still a go for the Salmon Creek Dam dedication? Yeah, so uh, thanks for asking. And the American Society of Civil Engineers, Alaska section, on uh, September 10th, Friday, the September 10th, we're going to be uh, dedicating the Salmon Creek Dam as a national American Society of Civil Engineers uh, historic landmark. So it'll be a lot of fun. We have folks coming in from around the state and around the country to dedicate that uh, uh, very important uh, piece of infrastructure that is uh, highly innovative in its uh, design. Very good. Well, thank you for that update. And on another update, how is Derby in your neck of the woods? Yeah, so uh, fortunately I have a great staff that uh, has it really dialed in very well. And uh, as far as uh, we can tell, uh, as far as I can tell, then um, it was a very successful uh, Derby, although the numbers are down and the uh, the uh, number of fishermen um, was decreased this year um, as far as providing the services out at the Ock Bay loading facility which uh, as you remember we the, the territorial sportsmen's moved the the um, the way station that has always been at Statter Harbor into uh, the drive down float at the Ock Bay loading facility um, I, I think it went well. It'll be up to Territorial Sportsmen if they want to continue that. I did hear that it was uh, breezy and difficult uh, for some of the larger vessels to to make that approach. But uh, other than that, I think the logistics went well, both uh, out at uh, Statter and Malga, Douglas Harbor. Uh, my guys uh, provided ice and other uh, uh, logistical services. But all in all, very good good uh, derby for us so it sounds like Aknu did just fine it did that's good and that's too bad about that truck that went into the water yeah so that's uh um north douglas launch ramp uh if your listeners were unaware that uh, there was an incident where uh, um, a truck and trailer uh, uh, let go on an early morning on friday and uh uh, the, the truck was ended up in the in, in uh, the, the channel, and uh, fortunately, uh, the man was uh, slightly injured, taken to Bartlett. Uh, but from what I hear, he's uh, going to make a full recovery. But uh, his, his truck and trailers uh, was a total loss. Uh, well, at least aside from that, it was a good derby. Absolutely. Oh. And we spoke with a city manager recently about the efforts to electrify more docks in Juneau, and he said that uh, they're looking at the steamship dock, and I understand the cruise ship terminal is also being looked at. Uh, what do you think? Oh, Eric, we'll bring you in. Great, thanks. Yeah, so um, we completed the feasibility study for electrifying both docks, the AS dock and the CT dock, as we call them. And what we did is we looked at the current fleet and what vessels could connect, what they needed for power supply, and what we would need to uh, to construct on the hillside above to give them that power. And our um, proposal to start with is to electrify the Alaska Steamship Dock, uh, but have a, an eye towards um, the full build out, so the substation on the hill that would supply both docks. We're kind of calling it the AS Plus. Um, we want to get going as everyone else in the community does through all the supportive letters we've gotten through that process. But the lead times on equipment and the changes in the way the fleet 
has oriented their uh, power connections means that the AS stock will have the most bang for its buck. And as we learn from that process, we'll be looking to take that knowledge to the completion of the CT dock at some point. Um, the way the ships use the docks, the AS dock has a lot more compatibility at the moment, but we are seeing when companies- Compatibility? for the side of the vessel that they tie up to. So oh, okay. they like to face a certain direction. And so it's usually um, on the uh, starboard side for the AS dock. And so um, what we're seeing is that the current fleet would mostly use starboard connections at the AS dock, and that's pretty typical through the uh, cruise industry. But we're also seeing that as new vessels come online, they're adding um, flexibility. So a lot of vessels have connections on both sides. And so that would mean that the use at the CT dock, where they're usually port to, could be uh, used more often as well. We just want to start with the system that will get the most use right away. Get uh, those so phase in. it in. Correct. Oh, okay. And uh, what do you think about managing the cruise's uh, expectations here? I mean, the system, it sounds pretty reliant on multiple pieces working, right? It does. Yeah. We're very confident with the cruise line's abilities to work with us. They've gained a lot of knowledge with the uh, Franklin Dock system that's been in existence for 21 years. Um, California has some very strict mandates about using ports both for cruise and for uh, 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 terminal cargo terminals. And so what we're seeing is those uh, standard operating procedures, those mandates out of California are directly used up here as well. If you think about a cruise line, if they set up a standard procedure, they're going to use it everywhere. And so in California, those cruise lines are required to connect as soon as possible and disconnect as late as possible, and they have to keep track of the times, and they have to meet a threshold. They submit those connection and disconnection times and show that they're meeting those regulations down in California. So if they can learn to do that there, they stick with that same system and we see that same uh, robust speed in Juno. Uh, so um, there's a lot of framework that's already been created. What we're trying to do is just be wise about the infrastructure we build, uh, right time it with the capacity that we have in town for electricity and uh, choose the facility that will get the most use first and then watch as the industry reacts in a positive way and we can add more capacity in the future. Now as for the funding, what grants are out there? So we had two grants out for this round, one through the RAISE grant, one for the PIDP or Port Infrastructure Development Grant. We received notice a few weeks ago that our RAISE grant application was not selected. There were a few in Alaska that were. Uh, we can talk about a little bit about those later, but we're still waiting to hear about the PIDP, Port Infrastructure Development Program. Um, that was usually focusing on terminals, cargo terminals. There were some uh, changes to the wording in it that allowed uh, passenger terminals such as ourselves to apply. So we're hopeful, uh, but we'll know in the next month or two uh, where we stand on that. And Carl, this might be a question for you. Would this be a fair use of the visitor head tax? Any funding towards this project? Yeah, Kevin. So um, I think you you said something that kind of resonated with me when you talk about you know it's a system. So the system is really uh, maybe it's, you could say uh, three legs. You know, you got the cruise industry, you got the utility provider ALMP, and you've got docks and harbors. So everybody's got a system that they need to operate so that we can you know achieve this. Um, uh, dock electrification 
And so for the system that with that's under our charge, Docks and Harbors, it's kind of the technical uh, side of, of engineering as well as coming up with the money. And so certainly money has already been appropriated using head tax. Uh, the, the issue, not, it's not really not an issue, but it, uh, the monies, we could expand nothing but head tax for the um, uh, procurement and execution of dock clarification, but that would take away from some of the other projects that are vital to uh, the community needs. There's Seawalk um, expansion that we um, would like to pursue as well, but certainly um, we can move forward with a commitment from the assembly to use local head tax that we do have control over, but continue to apply for, for a grant. So it gives us, it gives Docks and Harbors, my team, the, the certainty that this is what we wanna do. We are going to expand our local or commit our local head tax um, to achieve this goal, but we're gonna continue to apply for grants. But mm -hmm. it, uh, it certainly it's, it's ripe for a, a head tax. Um, you, your listeners may remember that in May, uh, this concept of a green corridor um, from Seattle to Juneau. And so the industry, as part of their system, is on board with uh, carbon reduction and um, dock electrification is just a, a part of that, uh, that system. And I'm glad you mentioned the green corridor because I had wondered if, because the cruises pay for this dock electrification, right? So I'd wonder if the, this system would pay itself off through that interest as well. That's a very loaded question, I'll say. Well, with, uh, with the, uh, <laughs> the the ability to for docks and harbors to collect money once once the the power is electrified, we 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 do not sell power, so we bring the 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 copper, the connections, but we're not we're not or pro. pro vented from selling electricity mm -hmm. so the that would be something we just have to figure out as as we go down the road how to um uh collect revenue that would help offset our investment in dock electrification but it's not it's not an easy question to answer fair enough and you had mentioned the seawalk and that's also very timely given the announcements we've seen with Huna Totem receiving that subport over there, and then also with the Seadrome building, which we've been talking about as well. So, that it, I just wanted to mention, it, it's pretty timely as right now. Right. So we we have lots of projects, both Docks and Harbors and CBJ Engineering, wanting to make improvements along the waterfront, and so um, Dock Liquefaction is a um, is a priority for the assembly, but there's also other needs. Um, that we have to be cognizant of. Not all eggs in one basket. That's correct. Okay. Now, Eric, was there anything on dock electrification that you had wanted to add? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think that it's um, you know it, it's it's supported by everyone, and we just want to uh, have a path forward that um, is wise with both our resources, our time, and you know. Um, part of our study does talk about the need for more generation capacity within the city. And so that might lead to opportunities for pairing with generation expansion, whether that be through a ELMP or another Juno Hydro, something like that. So I think there's a lot of value that can be added to the whole community because we want to see um, rates stay the same and we want to see more power be available for people that need electricity. 
And there's a lot of good that can come together by keeping a coalition of supporters who kind of understand the lay of the land of what we have now and where we could go and just finding those uh, balances in the right time that you're kind of pointing to. Um, if uh, if a, a power producer and a power needer, you know, a person, a group that needs power team up, you, we can get more uh, infrastructure that pays for itself right away. Oh, very good. Well, with that, we'll go to a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back with Juno Docks and Harbors. I've got Carl Yucatel and Eric Shaw with me. Uh, we wanted to know your thoughts on the work over in Sitka to build a hall out there. I understand there's already several here in the region, but what do you think about Southeast adding another? Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. Hall outs are very important for uh, a healthy commercial uh, and commercial fisheries fleet. Um, you know, here in Juneau, we wish that we had a, a greater upland capacity to increase um, our haul out facilities, our shipwright uh, capability in Juneau. We do have two haul out facilities now. One, um, the downtown uh, boat yard between Harris and Aurora Harbor, and then out at uh, the Occupy Loading Facility. But, uh, you know, Sitka, they're a major uh, maritime um, community. They are expanding their capability. Wrangell's got a great haul out facility. Huna's got a haul out, uh, large haul out facility. Um, we would like to be competitors to that um, that activity. It brings jobs. It keeps uh, the commercial fishing vessels and commercial vessels in Juneau, which we'd like to do. Um, it just we're really humps. It's really hard for um, Juneau to provide that uh, that upland space that uh, is really needed. And where would we even start if we wanted to become competitive? We have ideas about expanding uh, uh, our marine services opportunities. We, could, we have marine service centers that uh, we've got on paper. One would be at the Little Rock Dump. One would be at the uh, Norway Point with a, a dredge and fill type uh, operation. So there are ideas, but those are upwards of uh, 30 to $50 million to um, construct. Right. And on another topic, I saw the board meets tomorrow. I'd wanted to visit some of the changes that are proposed. Uh, one appears to be adding a language on vessel registration, if you could explain. Yeah, so just to make sure everybody understands where we're at, uh, tomorrow the Docks and Harbors board will meet. They actually have two meetings. The first one will be at 5 o'clock. It'll be the public hearing for proposed regulation changes and ordinance changes. And the, your question specifically is the requirement for uh, vessel identification. Mm -hmm. And basically, we're just trying to uh, ensure that all vessels that uh, use our facilities have some identifying marker, um, a name on the, on the stern or AK numbers on the bow. It's just um, it's not clear that that is required for uh, either documented vessels or state registered vessels. So that's a... Um, just we would just want to clean up the language and say you got a boat in the in the in the uh, harbor you need to identify it um, consistent with Coast Guard or, or state uh, um, statute. And another one talks about pets. Uh, from my read of it, it sounds like just clean up after them, but. Yeah, so it's a, we do have an ordinance change that uh, does reference. Um, 
dogs and domesticated animals and really the intent of that uh, cleanup was really uh, the existing uh, ordinance only allowed people boat owners and their dogs to be walked on the docks and uh, we had some discussion with the staff and the board and thought it's not uh, it's not inappropriate for a member of the public with their dog to walk the docks and uh, as the ordinance is written right now somebody that um, is walking their dog on the docks would be uh, subject to a citation and we don't think that's fair so we're just cleaning up that language and as we're cleaning up the that language we also are cleaning up some of the language regarding um, picking up after your uh, your pets and overall then that's is that the heart of many of these proposals is cleaning up a lot of the language yeah so we're calling it the omnibus regulation change and so it's just a matter of um putting bundling a dozen together as opposed to one at a time for the next you know 18 months so uh there we, we encourage anybody that has any interest in any of these regulation changes to to show up and and comment or send me an email or uh send any board member uh comments you know it's not uh the intent is not to um hide anything it's we think that these are um minor enough changes that uh, we go through the, the public process that's required but uh, we just want to make it better for the public um, and for staff to enforce it and I think for the most part there's probably more giveaways than takes uh, in, in, in the regulation changes yeah we, we just spoke about three today so yeah. there was there was plenty more on there I was told before the program that you have a colleague you'll be losing, Carl. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Eric Shaw, who's been uh, with Docks and Harbors uh, for 12 years, is uh, leaving Juneau. Him and his family and five kids are heading up to Wasilla, and Eric's going to become the Wasilla City Public Works Director. And so that is effective... uh, September 23rd and we're really gonna it's gonna be sad to see Eric gone um, he's he's done so much for the community and for docks and harbors he was the 2020 uh, Juno area uh, engineer of the year and just all the all the improvements that uh, one can see in the harbors over the last decade um, Eric's got his finger on um, a majority of that that effort so well Eric, we're sad to see you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sad to go too, but it's a great springboard opportunity to use the knowledge, skills, and abilities that uh, Docks and Harbors has uh, trained me with. So excited as well, but there's, it's bittersweet. You got a favorite memory in your time? Um, I really enjoy all of our ribbon cuttings and the one that had the cannon at Aurora Harbor. That was a really good one. So it's really fun to recapitalize and, and see people, our users, uh, really appreciate the, you know, the more space we provide and that community aspect that we've talked about. You know, you should walk down and take a look at our docks and take pictures of the sunset and all the animals that are around and stuff. So it's a community asset to have good, healthy, vibrant docks and harbors. And I'm just proud to have been a part of that team. Any advice for the next port engineer? Oh, I think there's enough in the works and a good active board that um, just keep heading straight ahead with where the board wants to go and what the community says, and Juno's just going to keep getting better and better. 
Well, that's your port engineer here in Juneau, Eric Schall, and thank you, Carl, for joining us as well today. And that's the program. Thank you for listening this August 24th. I have nothing else to add today. I will bring you over to Problem Corner. And this is Kevin Allen for Action Line, signing off.